Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well. Do you know that this is a very, very special feast day? September 8th is the Nativity, the birth of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We celebrate um, on March 25th uh, the Annunciation, when the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary and she conceived the very Son of God. And now we're nine months later in September and Mary, uh, oh no, I'm, I'm mixing them up. Uh, uh, that's December when the Son of God is born nine months later. We're talking today about the birth of the Blessed Mother of God, the Nativity, the birth of Mary, the one who will give birth to the Savior. How could I have mixed that one up? I guess I can mix anything up. I'm good at it. But it's a very special day for us here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, because it is 12 years since we were invited to found this community, this congregation, by His Eminence um, Raymond Cardinal Burke. And it is nine years to the day today. It's the anniversary of our uh, becoming a public association of faithful, which is the first stage of... um, uh, of uh, canonicity, the first canonical stage of becoming um, uh, in the growth of a religious community. So a most special day for us. September 8th, 2011 is when under Bishop Slattery we became a public association of the faithful and uh, I took my vows and the habit and we were off and running. A very beautiful time. It was actually, it took place in the Priory, the Cynical, um, of um, Dom Kirby, uh, Mark Daniel, Dom Mark Daniel Kirby here in Tulsa. And of course, many of you know that that holy, wonderful priest, Dom Mark Daniel Kirby, um, left Tulsa some years ago and founded Silverstream Priory in um in Ireland, Meath, Ireland, about 20 minutes north of Dublin. His community is doing extremely well. You can look it up online, Silverstream Priory, um, and you will see them. Uh, Dom Kirby also has the website Vultus Christi, the face of Christ, V-U-L-T-U-S, Christi, the face of Christ. Um, he's a very wonderful, holy Benedictine priest, doing very well. And he was our first religious assistant um, and helped us to get started as well. So it's a very special day for us today, the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's in our constitutions that we would celebrate this day. It's quite a holy day. So normally I think it's a second-class feast, but for us it's a first-class feast. And we begin prayer every morning at 5 a.m. as we did today with matins. And uh, cloistered orders may play, pray matins at midnight, but we are contemplative active, and we pray at 5 in the morning. 
uh, and we follow that with Lords and the Angelus, and then a bit later we pray Prime, and then we have Mass, and then we pray Terse, um, and so forth. We have our whole schedule on the web under vocations. But part of the reading of Matins, which is usually 12 Psalms, and several readings. Today there were three nocturnes, and the second one began from the sermon of St. Augustine, and he's always wonderful. Let me read that to you. Dearly beloved brethren, it's just a portion of it. The day for which we have longed, the feast day of the blessed and worshipful and ever-Virgin Mary, that day is come. Let our land laugh and sing with merriment, bathed in the glory of this great virgin's rising. She is the flower of the fields on which the priceless lily of the valleys hath blossomed. This is she whose delivery changed the nature that we draw from our first parents and cleansed away their offense. At her, that Dolores sentence, which was pronounced over Eve, ended its course to her. It was ne- uh, ended. I'm sorry. Let me do that. Again. Let me reread that sentence. At her, that Dolores sentence, which was pronounced over Eve, ended its course to her. It was never said. It was never said to Eve. Quote: In sorrow, thou shalt bring no. Boy, I keep messing this up. I'm so sorry. And it's the first, not the first time I've read it. Um, at her, um, that Dolores sentence, which pronounced, that, at her, that's Mary, that Dolores sad sentence, which was pronounced over Eve, ended its course to her, uh, ended its course, I think there's punctuation missing here, to her, um, that is to Eve, it was never said. To Mary, oh my goodness, we need to start this program again. Um, to Mary, it was never said, quote, in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, end quote. She brought forth, Mary brought forth a child, capital C, even the Lord, but she brought him forth in sorrow, but in joy. Not in sorrow, but in joy. Um, I want to uh, break this up by quoting uh, John Henry Cardinal Newman, who wrote a little book titled The Second Eve. And he put together the writings of all the church fathers on this. And here's the excerpt. What is especially noticed, noticed noticeable, what's going on? Would somebody like to read for me today? What is especially noticeable in the writings of the Church Fathers is that they do not speak of the Blessed Virgin merely as the physical instrument of our Lord's taking flesh, but as an intelligent, responsible cause of it, her faith and obedience being accessories to the Incarnation and gaining it as her reward. As Eve failed in these virtues and brought on the fall of the race of Adam, so Mary, by means of them, had a part in its restoration. Not to go beyond the doctrine of the three fathers, they unanimously declare that she was not a mere instrument in the incarnation, such as David or Judah may be considered. 
They declare she cooperated in our salvation, not merely by the descent of the Holy Ghost upon her body, but by specific holy acts, the effect of the Holy Ghost within her soul, that as Eve forfeited privileges by sin, so Mary earned privileges by the fruits of grace. That as Eve was disobedient and unbelieving, so Mary was obedient and believing. That as Eve was a cause of ruin to all, Mary was a cause of salvation to all. That as Eve made room for Adam's fall, so Mary made room for our Lord's reparation of it. And thus, whereas the free gift was not as the offense, but much greater, it follows that as Eve cooperated in effecting a great evil, Mary cooperated in effecting a much greater good. I love that. I have chills. I love that excerpt from Cardinal Newman. And I think um, he must have uh, taken some of that from St. Augustine. St. Augustine, hundreds of years before, wrote that Eve wept, but Mary laughed. Eve's womb was big with tears, but Mary's womb was big with gladness. Eve gave birth to a sinner, but Mary gave birth to the sinless one. The mother of our race brought punishment into the world, but the mother of our Lord brought salvation into the world. Eve was the foundress of sin, but Mary was the foundress of righteousness. Eve welcomed death, but Mary helped in life. Eve smote, but Mary healed. For Eve's disobedience, Mary offered obedience And for Eve's unbelief, Mary offered faith. St. Augustine continues, Let Mary now make a loud noise upon the organ, and between its quick notes let the rattling of the mother's timbrel be heard. Let the gladsome choirs sing with her, and their sweet hymns mingle with the changing music. Hearken to what a song her timbrel will make accompaniment. Mary saith, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath done to me great things. The new miracle of Mary's delivery hath effaced the curse of the frail backslider, and the singing of Mary hath silenced the wailing of Eve. Oh, it's an ocean, ocean worth of not adoration, which we give to God alone, but certainly um, a right worship, giving honor to whom it is due, a right veneration to the Blessed Mother who gave us the Savior. And today is the celebration of her birth through Anne and Jochum. Um, Anne gave birth to Mary. She gave birth to the mother of the Messiah. And Mary, of course, was conceived without sin 
in Mary's, in, in her mother Anne's womb. Ugh, forever. There's the music for our break, beloved. Call in with anything on your heart. Toll free, 1-800-877. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is Wayne Hepler, founder of the St. Thomas More House of Prayer. If you are looking for a way to grow closer to our Lord, I invite you to visit our Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours. The rustic setting provides a quiet atmosphere for prayer and for learning about the public communal prayer of the Catholic Church known as the Liturgy of the Hours. The seven canonical hours are prayed throughout the day, beginning with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 p.m. You are welcome to join in the prayer at any time or to book the house for a retreat. We are located at 365 Hill City Road in Cranberry, Pennsylvania. For more information or to book a visit, email info at liturgyofthehours.org or call the retreat house at 814-676-1910. You can also learn more by visiting liturgyofthehours.org. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. So good to be with you. And you know, rather than waiting to the half-hour mark, I'm going to begin to take your calls and emails now. We had calls after play, uh, playing that 10-minute sermon from Father Altman. Um, uh, we had calls the rest of the week, and we hardly got to any emails. So I'm going to try to catch up today. Uh, yet I'll certainly take your calls toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, yesterday we had encore programs playing because it was Labor Day, and I didn't even greet you, I pray you all had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Um, we're going to begin with a text from Michael. Michael says, hello, Mother Miriam. God bless you, and I love you. Thank you, Michael. You're such an amazing gift from God. Thank you, dear one. Anyways, in the Mother Miriam Live on the 26th of August, you were talking about October possibly being a very crucial time and mentioned we should go to confession. The only problem is that I cannot drive because I'm only 15 
and cannot go to confession or mass because nobody will take me. What should I do? I want to go home to Jesus, but sadly, I'm full of sin. Thank you, and God bless you, Michael. Well, Michael, dear one, I'm, I'm ga- gathering you don't have a Catholic family. Um, if you have Catholic friends, if you know families from your parish, and uh, they can drive you, and your parents will give you permission for somebody to come and pick you up and drive you, that would be great. If not, I'd call the pastor of the parish and say that you want to go to confession and you have nobody to drive you um, to Mass or confession, and is there anything he could help you with? He may come to the house personally and help you or say, I can arrange to send somebody to get you and drive you back home. So I would suggest that, dear Michael, uh, don't uh, be in agony without confession. Does that mean you don't go on Sundays? Because if you go on Sunday, you certainly should go to confession. Call the priest and say, I, I, I can't go during the week. Um, at all, Father, uh, we can only go on Sunday, and may I meet with you to, so you could hear my confession. Um, but if you if you don't have a Catholic family, they don't go to Mass on Sunday. Um, do what you can. Call the priest and see if there's somebody. I'm sure there are families who can come get you, and I pray that your parents will not stop you from that. Um, apart from any of that, of course, you need to make a spiritual, um, an act of perfect contrition. And perfect contrition is an act of being sorry for your sins, not just because you fear the punishment of hell, but because you are really deeply sorrowful that you have offended God's love. So you can do that, but I would suggest that you uh, ask your family uh, even if they don't go to Mass, you could say, Mom, Dad, um, this is very, very crucial for me. Would you drive me to confession and find out when confession is happening, how and what times? And if it's not at your church, I can't imagine it's not at every church now, then find a church that will hear your confession or a priest that will come. Uh, let me see now. Um, we have a call from Esteban in California. Hi, Esteban. Hi, Mother Miriam. Hello, dear one. How are you doing? I'm I'm okay. I can say I'm okay. <laughs> okay, that Thanks. doesn't sound great, but at least you're okay. That's not bad. <laughs> Thank Go you. Go ahead, honey. Um, I have a question. Um, I recently came home. I was a postulant at a Benedictine monastery, um, but I, I discerned out, um, and I recently came home like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, but it's very lonely. I, f- I find myself very lonely and yes. kind of lost now. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really know what to do with myself. I I'm, sure. I'm, I feel just alone and um Obviously, in this time when we're kind of locked in the house, yes, I don't know where mm-hmm. to go for sacraments or for community, really. How um, how recently did you leave? Uh, two weeks ago. And how long were you in there? For uh, five months. Okay, that's a long time. And... Um, 
and it was Benedictine. Um, was it near your home in California? It was, no. Okay. No, it was in um, another state. All right. Are you able to get... Uh, now, I don't understand why you're not able to go for the sacraments. Is there not a parish near you? Um, I, I don't really know. I, I just, I know that um, the bishop had um, dispensed it, so I'm not sure... No, 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 no. A lot of things have changed now. Where in California are you? Um, Oakdale, California. Dicey okay. Stockton. Right. Um, the churches, I, I, I don't know where churches have still banned mass. I think most of them have mass now, even though it's restricted. But you, you must get to mass, Esteban. Um, go to a church... Now, where you live, where you're living now, is that where you were living before you left for the Benedictine? Yes. All right. So you're not a stranger to that area, then, um, right? I mean, wherever you were going to church before, or whether or not you can go there, uh, you need to quickly look up churches in your area and find one that's open. Um, and go. You must go. Don't not go. You are required to go every Sunday, Esteban. Nothing's dispensed anymore. So you must okay. go. And if you cannot go to a Novus Ordo, find a Latin church. Um, and then I would suggest, secondly, that are you in favor of Benedictine spirituality? Yes. All right. I would also then, are you able to, you're able to use the internet, are you? Yes. Okay, so look up Benedictines in Stock, uh, what is it, uh, Stockton? Look up Benedictines. See if there is a community in Stockton and see if they have oblates. Or if at least you could go for mass and prayer. So, you know, don't stay alone, whatever you do, don't stay alone. But you must get to Mass, at least on Sunday, and you must not forfeit as well going to confession. Um, Don't worry about feeling lonely and lost, Esteban, because if God is leading you, maybe still into religious life, maybe not, but if he leads you into marriage, you will be the priest of your family. If he leads you into religious life, you will perhaps be a brother, if not a priest, whatever, however God calls you. But God gives us times. In fact, if he's calling you to himself, dear one, um, he needs to keep you apart from community and other people, that your all may be in him. You know that the, the, at least the second, if not the first year of a Benedictine's life is the novitiate, and it's supposed to be cloistered. And the purpose for cloister is that we come away from the world. No phone calls. I don't know what they did in your community, but no visits, no phone calls, no email, no contact, zero. And the idea is that you draw completely away from the world to have a life in God. Because it, unless we die to ourself, we cannot give our lives for the world, whether we're behind cloistered walls or not. And so the idea is to die to self It's never a good experience, but your loneliness 
and you you're feeling lost now when you say lost uh, you haven't lost your faith is that right right all right well thank god for that dear one and trust god that he wants to grow you up into him and not have the solution to your feeling lonely and lost be jumping into a community and church or friends or other things. Uh, if you do, you might forfeit that five months experience in that priory or monastery. I think you need to get a spiritual director as quickly as you can. I think you need to find a Benedictine community and see if one of those priests can be a spiritual director for you. And if not, try to find a religious who's a spiritual director, and if not, at least a holy priest, okay? And begin to meet with them and let them talk to you about the Desert Fathers and the Benedictines and St. Benedict's Day and the um, the means of drawing close to God. Do you have the rule of St. Benedict? I do, yes. Yeah. Do you have the commentary of Dom DeLatt? Oh, uh, no, I don't. Okay. If you can, Esteban, get the commentary of uh, Dom, D-O-M, I think it's Paul DeLatt. He was the third prior of Salem and uh, following um, their founder, um, Dom Guerlinger. And I think if you could find another Benedictine to um, begin to meet with uh, daily or weekly or monthly and go through that together to grow in Christ, that would be great. Um, And a spiritual director, and make sure you get to Mass, a good, holy parish. Now, do you think any of that will help you? Yes, definitely. All right. We all... We, you're welcome, Esteban. We have also started, we're Benedictine, you may or may not know that, um, but we have started Mary's Oblates, the Third Order Benedictine. And if you wish to be a part of that, dear one, you can, because we're a community of sisters, but the Oblates are for men, women, married, single, everybody all over the world. There's no limit. There's no qualifications except for someone to truly want to be an oblate. And everybody needs to follow the, the rule and the, um, the other exercises in prayer according to their state in life. They're not faulted if they can't pray the office and that kind of thing. So if you wish, Esteban, you can email us, uh, motherofisraelshope.org, and I will send you all the material from the beginning, and you can begin uh, to get the commentary we use, which is the commentary for oblates. It's for Benedictines living in the world. It's very, very good. And you will have a long-distance community, but I've had some people who are oblates ask me who else lives in their city because some oblates are beginning to meet on a regular basis, and there might be some in Stockton, and that would be great. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank Esteban, you very much. Tr- you know what? When you feel discouraged, it's not from God. Discouragement is always from the devil. And whenever you feel discouraged, read Second Thessalonians chapter 5. Give God thanks in all things, always, and you will defeat the devil on the spot. Okay, dear? Thank you. 
Thank you very much. Okay. God bless you, sweetheart. Cody, we'll be with you right after the break. Don't go away, and uh, feel free to call it anyone with anything on your heart, one 511 We'll be right back. Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Seconds on the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, brought to you by the Station of the Cross. The Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks of wisdom as a spiritual gift which enables one to know the purpose and plan of God. Is my vocation marriage or religious life? Should I continue in my long-standing job or try something new? The gift of wisdom will aid you in discerning God's holy will for your life. Until 14 days from fertilization, the new baby's stem cells can separate and form an entirely new person, resulting in identical twins. Contrary to popular belief, identical twins are not a hereditary trait. God simply decides that the world needs two of these special people. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live, and we are thrilled to take your calls, your emails, your texts, and um, our toll-free number to call in, our lines are wide open, is one 511 5483 or email at mother at com. We have Cody from New Mexico on the line. Hello, Cody. Hello, Mother. It's a pleasure to speak to you again. I called you last week and uh, was talking to you about the situation with my, with this woman that I'm dating and uh, yes. the issues between us and my family and stuff. You know. I, yes, I, I believe. Is she? Was she Catholic? She she uh, both of us are. Yes. Mm-hmm. Tell tell me the situation with your family again. Just refresh my mind. So okay. She she, she so, didn't want to visit your parents. Is that right? Well, no, it's it's not that. It's because we're in a pandemic. Um, I, my stepmom, who is a doctor, has basically requested that all of us in the family, you know, work from home virtually and not go anywhere unless we absolutely have to. 
And, you know, in the meantime, I'm in a, um, I'm in this relationship. And since businesses started opening up here in Albuquerque and I've been seeing this woman who I've been friends with for many, many years, we were together in high school, but we went our separate ways and came back together again. And since a few months into doing this, um, businesses opened up, but we said, no, we're, we're staying home till we get, till things open up a little bit more. She's like, well, what's the big deal? Businesses are opening up. And I think your stepmom is controlling you by, by being, you being confined to your house. And the other thing is when, when she does come and visit, um, she wants to share affection, uh, in, in terms of a hug, but we can't do that because of six feet physical distancing guidelines. I don't like the term social distancing. I hate it with a passion, (laughs) but, uh, that's, that's a situation that we're in. And she basically wants me to just defy that, so to speak. Okay. And I'm trying to look out for my elderly grandparents and protect them from this coronavirus. And it's just kind of a principle that we're following in our house. And do your elderly parents live with you? Your grandparents? No, they no they your, no they don't. But they do come and visit. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Uh huh. But they they do come and visit once in a while, and all right. You know, I don't I don't want them getting sick from this thing. So it's it's just that's so we we, we tackled that last week. Mm-hmm, we did. Do you want me to continue to comment on that? Yeah, go ahead. Or or did you did you have another question? Uh, go ahead and comment on that first. Well, uh, how old are you, Cody? Twenty eight. All right. I'm I'm looking for work. That's why I'm still, you know, and you know, being visually being completely blind, it's it's tough, you know, to move out when you live on social security and half the world won't even hire you, but that, okay. but Okay, I didn't but realize anyway, I'm 28. That you were, I didn't realize you were completely blind. You may have told me that and I didn't remember. Um so who are you dependent on to drive you to look for jobs? I, I use public transportation. There's a little bus thing that comes to my house and picks me up. And right. I'm, I'm sorry, but there there is an there's an agency that called the Commission for the Blind that helps out with that. That's fantastic. Um, okay, you're 28, Cody. You have means of getting around. Uh, you must make your own decisions. You must now. Um, the worst that can happen. Well, as long as you're living in your mom's house. If she's fearful of your going out to work and living there, she has a point, and you have to respect that. So, because it's her house. If you could live elsewhere, then it would be a different matter. But because it's your mom's house, uh, it's not right for you to do what you want and live there and, as far as she's concerned, threaten the household. So you need to respect that. As long as you need to live at home. That's, that's, and that's the end of the story. And the end of that, Cody, and I know we talked about this now. If your girlfriend cannot respect that, she can't, don't even consider marriage with a woman like that. Because she needs to teach your children to respect her and you um, and not rebel. If she, she doesn't have to agree with your parents. If she cannot respect their desires, she has no right visiting in that house whatsoever. It's very clear. Yeah, exactly. And I'm and now I'm trying to figure exactly because now I'm trying to figure out how to reconcile um, 
the family with her because how this how these problems started is because I was getting disgruntled in July because I couldn't go very many places and um my girlfriend was telling me, well, you know businesses are opening up and people are making this a bigger deal than it needs to be. You need to just stand up for yourself and be able to to go out. And so I did that and introduced her to my stepmom by phone, and they had an exchange that didn't go well. And neither of them like each other now. In fact, last just last week she was over here after the day, you know, the afternoon after I talked to you last week Mm -hmm. Uh she was over here and I asked both of them I wasn't around for their interaction I asked both of them how their interaction was with each other and they both accused the other of not giving them the time of day to talk basically well I I tried to interact with her she didn't say anything the other person yeah, yeah I got it Cody when your girlfriend spoke to your mom on the phone did she mention that your mom should let you go out to work um, just, you know? or, yeah, 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 to just, yeah, just to go out in general. Yeah, she, and, uh, your, your girlfriend has no business bringing that up with your mom. That is yeah, completely and then, between you and your mom. Your girlfriend has no business discussing that with your mom. Yeah, at one point she asked me if they were my legal guardians, which they are at this particular point for a number of reasons. And then she's like, oh, great. So now I'm fearful that they're going to dictate our relationship. And so they had a discussion about that during the first interaction, and it no. didn't leave a very good. And it never will. I, I think your girlfriend is the one who has to convert. And if she doesn't find somebody else, Cody, she does not sound like a good woman. She, you know, she says, oh, great. And these are your legal guardians. What is she supposed to respect and honor your mother and father or your legal guardians? And why is she speaking against them? Um, And the fact is, she's not honoring you by dishonoring them. She has no right. She has no right to speak to them about your going out or what they do. No right. I do believe that your parents are overcautious. I do believe that the whole thing is exaggerated. I do believe that. But again, you're living in that home and you need to honor them unless you could move out. And I would keep your girlfriend away from that house, never invite her over, and don't mention her to your parents. If you want to continue dating her, do that. But discreetly, don't mention her name in the house until she changes her attitude and could meet your parents and apologize to them for her disrespect and arrogance. Yeah, absolutely. You got it. I mean, this is the only problem that we had. And I, I think had it it's not, huge. I think really what, yes, it's it is. It's I good think, you had the I think, I know I'm interrupting you, Cody. If it wasn't the situation, the problem wouldn't have come up until after you were married. I promise you that. Yeah, exactly. I think I, I I think what happened was we were I was I was I got disgruntled by the lockdown situation she was and then it just it got blown out of proportion and now the dem- the damage is pretty much irreparable. It so. is. It is unless your girlfriend repents and truly does and gives a sincere apology 
to your parents for how disrespectful she was. Not, I'm sorry I did that, it caused a problem. That's not sorry. She needs to come and say, I, I'm, I ask your forgiveness. I was arrogant. I was way out of line. I apologize, and I will change. She needs to make that apology to your parents, and if she can't, she has no business stepping in that house ever again, and I would not mention her name if I were you. And I would make it very clear to her, Cody, because if she can't handle that, then you need another girlfriend. Because she doesn't want your parents to control you, and she's controlling you. Right. Mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. No way. There is another. There is another barrier to that. I think could get in the way of either marriage with her or marriage in general. But I don't know if you need to take other calls or do I if I need to call you on a different day. But it's it's that one's kind of I've been wrestling with this one for years too. Do you have Do you have time? Well, um, I tell you, we do have another caller, Cody. Is If it's urgent, go ahead with it. If you can call in even tomorrow, that would that would be helpful. No problem. Fine. I'll call you back tomorrow. Okay, okay. that's wonderful, Cody. God bless you, dear. Okay. God bless you. We have Gail on the line from California. Hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. Uh, hi, Mother. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> I called you last week. Um, I was listening... Uh, uh, intently to you talking to Cody. I, I I believe he called after I called last week. And, oh well, uh, look at that! You're playing leapfrog, you two. <laughs> yeah, we are. I I was trying to place you because I I told you um, I I I only catch you. Um, I caught you on YouTube accidentally last week, and I just loved it. And Father Altman and and I I kept on picking my brain. I kept on saying to my husband, I know who this lady is. And I, and so I went back on some, um, way back about, oh gosh. I, you I found me out. I found you when you were doing little talk shows when you were, uh, sister, um, Rosalind Moss. Yes. And, <laughs> and you, your personality in your, you, you just the, the way I haven't you changed a bit. Rolled off your tongue. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just put you because you don't look uh, on 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 um, on YouTube. You you know on this this uh, this camera. You don't look the same as. But boy, I just love your personality. <laughs> well, I have a and, new uh, head covering now, so yeah, I don't look do. quite the same. I know. Oh, you're funny. You're so funny, though. Then you just the way I just love your personality, Mother. I, I just want to say congratulations. It's your um, anniversary today, isn't it? It is, you sweetheart. That and in is, fact, the, yeah, those I, those who were on our mailing list got an email early this morning. Went out at a quarter to six on today's feast day with a video. And uh, what, what feast day is it today, Mother? Excuse. It's the Nativity of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Oh my goodness! And that's I, I'm watching uh, the Gospel of John on YouTube right now, and it's just beautiful. Uh, well, for the feast day of the Blessed Virgin Mary, it's the Gospel of Matthew, and the oh. and the uh, genealogy. You know what you can do? Anybody, you could go to our website and uh, click on I don't newsletters. Have a Oh, uh, no, I don't remember, but now I got it. Okay, well, not a problem. It's not a problem. Everything's great. Gospel of John is is always beautiful. It's the gospel of our Lord's divinity. Absolutely wonderful. Do you have a question, Gail? I do, Mother. Um, 
it's troubling to me. I have grandchildren that are, um, they're wonderful kids. Uh, my kids were wonderful kids, but uh, all along, and and I'm I'm no uh, angel either. My husband and I went together for four and a half years. What is God talk? Uh, uh, what does it say about um, premarital relations? Um, I'm trying. First to Corinthians chapter six and seven. First Corinthians chapter six. And okay, um, is is that a sin, Mother? But of course. Okay. It's I, not I just a sin; it's that. a grave, mortal sin. So okay, well, I, it, I was trying six and seven Corinthians one. First Corinthians chapter six. Okay, I've got it right in front of me. All um, right, Gail. You read that yeah. chapter, and it'll tell you. Right, and if and you've never gone to confession for it, you go oh, to confession. No, I have. I have. Okay, that's good. My kids aren't in the church anymore because of horrible things that have happened. And I want to just pray for them, Mother, to yes. get back and bring to the that chapter. Yes, sweetheart, and bring that chapter to them as well. Maybe the Holy Spirit will work through it. Okay, Gail. God bless you, dear one. We'll be right back after the break. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Our Lord tells us in the Gospels not to be concerned over questions like what are we to eat or what are we to wear. Worldly anxiety over our ability to provide for ourselves can lead to the temptation of abortion. The Lord's command to seek his kingdom first is a key to saying yes to life. It means sacrificing to make room for God and for others. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. beloved this is mother miriam many of you are familiar with mother miriam live but i wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the station of the cross such as the catholic current father robert mcteague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m eastern you can listen anytime to the catholic current as a podcast on the iCatholic radio mobile app Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back. Beloved to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes and our lines are still wide open. Uh, toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We're going to take a text from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Dear Mother Miriam, <clears throat> thank you so much for t- talking about getting ready for October on, in uh, your August program. I have been following it with Father Michelle Rodrigue. How do you bring it up to a priest who does not believe in this? And beloved, what I spoke about in that October 26 program is that we need to get our lives in order. And I have been following Father Michelle Rodrigue on the Internet uh, uh, Countdown to the Kingdom website, He's done a retreat with 17 talks, and we have watched all 17 of them. And not everybody believes that. I, I would almost say a minority believe, and, and most may not, or at least most will be skeptical. Um, I've never believed any of the prophets and all that of modern day, but I do believe Father Michelle. Now, if I believe him because of God, blessed be God. If I'm wrong, there won't be harm. Um, what Father Michelle says that it, coming October... We need to have at least three months supply of food in our house um, because there's coming, uh, COVID was um, uh, half sham, half virus. It was not as bad as they said. More people died from the normal flu than COVID. But apparently there's supposedly coming another virus that's going to be extremely deadly. Um so he suggests that we may not be able to go out and we go ahead and get at least three months food and water supply in our house. Um, and that's what this one is speaking about. She said, how do you bring it up to a priest who doesn't believe in this? Well, we did that uh, actually um, um, just this Sunday. Uh, we had a, um, a most beautiful holy priest uh, who celebrated Mass at our Priory. And uh, we all had breakfast uh, with those that were present after here. And um, I, I did speak to the priest and others about this and was clearly not believed. It hurts. It hurts uh, because, number one, you don't want to feel like you're being mocked. Um, but And you don't want to be not believed. But... I cannot let personal, and here's the answer, dear one, you cannot let personal reactions stop you from what you believe is true. Um, as I used the illustration the other day, if you see somebody crossing the road and a truck is coming and they don't see it, you're going to shout to them, run, get out of the way, if you can, or you'll push them out of the way if you're close enough. Now, they may not believe you. They may see the truck. Maybe it's going five miles an hour. Maybe it's, I don't know what, but they said it's not even moving. Well, to you it is. And so you can't wait for a group opinion here. You need to warn them. And so if you're right, you've saved their life. If you're wrong, no big deal. No big deal. You've done what your conscience has told you to do. And that's the way this is now with me. I've never taken such a stand I've never warned people um, uh, before on anything like this, but I think uh, what Father Michelle is putting together is merely the signs of the times, 
as spoken by, uh, nothing's original with him, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Akita, um, I'm missing someone big, I know that, um, I uh, can't, I just can't think at the moment. Uh, there's another one in there that's large. Um, he's right in tune with the warnings of our Lord, with scripture um, uh, from Matthew, the gospel of Matthew 24, from many things. Um, I I believe that not just Father Michelle, but many, many, many are speaking this way today, many. Um, We cannot affirm a prophet until things happen. So I'm not saying this is as sure as the word of God because we don't know the timing. But um, just as God had his prophets in the day of Noah, just as he had his prophets through Joel in the day of Pentecost, Uh, I believe he has his prophets now, as he said he would. And so um, we are preparing here. Um, We're not hoarding things for ourselves out of fear. We're following what uh, has been suggested, just as Joseph in Genesis uh, filled the storerooms for times of famine and others through the Old Testament. Someone sent me several scriptures. I don't have them in front of me. So if it doesn't happen, fantastic. We're just getting big bags of beans and rice, and we'll live on that for three months. No problem. If it doesn't happen, we'll give it all to the poor. So um, it's a warning we think is very serious. We also think that the warning, the illumination of conscience, is going to happen to every person on the earth this fall, and that's why we need to go to confession. Don't worry about who believes us and who doesn't. Like Noah, he didn't pick out those who would believe. He just told everybody. And they mocked him. And they said, come on, flood. What flood? What's, your, what's this maniac man talking about? But they all died in the flood except those on the, on the ark. And so uh, we think that's happening again. Uh, God's hand has been held back long enough. I think, I can't know this, but the evil on the earth today, in my mind, from the scriptures, seems to be much worse than in Noah's day. Absolutely pure evil, which is the choice we have in this election come November. We either need to vote for what is right and what is of God, or we vote for evil. That's the choice this election, evil or good. There's no in-between. Is the good completely good? No. Is the evil completely evil? Pretty much so, yes. And so uh, not completely evil, but the evil overdoes, overrides everything else. So that's why we say we have no choice. And that's why we say with Father Altman, you cannot be Catholic and vote the Democratic ticket. You can be Catholic, you can call yourself Catholic, but you're not a Catholic in good standing. And if you vote the Democratic ticket, you will be a Catholic in mortal sin. And unless you repent, you will not be on your way to heaven. We have a text from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Mother, is it a sin to take the Eucharist in the hand? Absolutely not. It is the norm to receive the Eucharist on the tongue. 
um, that is greater reverence. That is the norm. But the church allows communion in the hand, and it is absolutely not a sin to take communion on the hand. But I beg you to make sure you lick your hand with your tongue and make sure there's no crumbs there that fall on the floor that let the rest of the congregation trample over Jesus because you received him in the hand. Be very careful about that. Um, We have an email from Joanne, and Joanne writes, I've reached out to my siblings. Good morning, Mother. I've reached out to my siblings over the years with regard to our Catholic faith. Um, I know for sure the seed was planted in our youth. Um, I will soon have a meeting with them to formally discuss as a family the faith and the darkness that is with us. I am looking for your suggestion on how to begin this discussion. As you know, the opening statement is so important. I just, I just said it to the previous caller. Say, beloved family, I don't expect that you'll believe this, but it's important enough to me that I ask your grace, your charity, your love, and your patience to allow me to say this to you. And what you do with it, of course, is up to you. And um, the last question, no, blessed grapes do not have to be, I think they have to be a certain kind, um, but I don't know what that is. You'll have to look that up.